0: Welcome to the Dear Dyslexic podcast series, I'm your host, Shay Wissell, and today we're talking with Anthony Garner, who is the Manager of Student Equity and Accessibility Services at Swinburne University. Anthony is a social worker with a commitment to access and inclusion for students who are often marginalised within higher education. Thank you, Anthony, and welcome to Dear Dyslexic. Um, Dys- Dear Dyslexic is about raising awareness around the successes and challenges for young people and adults that have learning difficulties, uh, especially those that are wanting to go to TAFE or do some university studies or people in the workplace. So, thank you for coming along to talk about your experiences at Swinburne and all the great work you're doing at the moment.
1: Uh, it's my absolute pleasure, Shay.
0: So when I was at uni, I didn't know I was dyslexic during my undergraduate um, degree and I didn't find out till I was doing my masters. And so um, I only got some support halfway through my masters and, and there seems to be a lot more support out there for people that want to go to uni now than there was back in my day. So how did you get involved in working in this area?
1: Um, I am a social worker by background and uh, through my training I worked in community residences with uh, intellectually disabled Uh, and when the opportunity came up here at Swinburne uh, to take on this role I jumped at it um, because I have a real interest and a commitment to access and inclusion for people with disability.
0: And so if you were going into TAFE or university, what type of supports could people expect to be receiving?
1: We we work under the Disability Standards for Education Act, which is an offsuit of the Disability Discrimination Act. And basically what that means is that uh, the university works with every student who wishes to receive service from us and we uh, ask for some documentation from their treating health professional, and then we use that documentation to prepare an education access plan for the student. The student agrees to the content of the plan, so it's developed in consultation and negotiation with the student. Um, uh, And then that plan is distributed to the academic staff who are working with or teaching that student and uh, if exams are part of the program then uh, the equitable assessment arrangements are communicated to our exams team as well. Um, So basically, in a nutshell, the university meets with each student and provides the resources and support that is necessary for that student.
0: And is that across TAFE as well as university, that yes, it process is. would yep. happen? Yep. And so with the documentation that someone would need, is that a formal diagnosis? For me, I was diagnosed from a neuropsychologist and that's generally what I need to prove that I've got a learning disability. Is that the type of information people would need if they were coming to TAFE or uni?
1: Yes, it is. Uh, we need a, a formal diagnosis from a, a recognised health professional uh, and the reason we need that is twofold. One, so that we can verify that the student has a disability, um, particularly when uh, alternative assessment arrangements are required. That's important. Um, but primarily it's so that we've got accurate information on which we can uh, prepare the education access plan so and that we know what are the, the uh, conditions that the student uh, experiences and how do they impact their participation in the learning environment and what adjustments we need to make
0: and so what type of um, do lecturers get any training around the types of supports and strategies they should be putting in place uh, for people and I mean primarily around learning difficulties
1: not specifically we we do sometimes put uh, training and training and we make it available for for academics in certain situations so for instance we've run some deaf awareness training uh, for academics and uh, and administrative staff really giving us tips and understanding of how to work with students who are deaf or hard of hearing. Um, In the case of learning disabilities we have a number of tip sheets that are available to our academic staff that can give them some uh, information and some strategies on how to maximize the learning opportunities for students.
0: And we um, actually have some of those on the Dear Dyslexic website as well that um, around supporting strategies for people at uh, lectures at uni as okay. well. So hopefully that aligns nicely with um, what you I'll provide have, as well. I'll
1: have to check yours out and, yes. and, and uh, see if there's a match. Yeah?
0: <laughs> um, So what about for people that come into uni? Because, I mean, for me it was through my master's having a tutor because I'd always struggled and in my undergraduate I had failed a couple of subjects and had to Mm -hmm. repeat and... Um, so, from a young age, I had put tutors in place not knowing what was going on, but it wasn't until my masters that the tutor said, Actually, I think you might be dyslexic. So, that's yeah. how I got identified and then went and got assessed. So, mm. do you notice, because um, a lot of people have spoken to, it hasn't come out to so they've been at uni, we've kind of slipped through the gaps at school. Mm-hmm. And has, have you identified that in some of the people you meet that it's when they get to uni or TAFE that they go, Something really isn't right here?
1: Um. It's a story that I hear um, reasonably regularly, that people uh, with learning disabilities, dyslexia particularly, slip through the education system. Um, We tend to find the majority of students who come to register with us, uh, I guess it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, they know uh, because um, they know of their diagnosis, that's why they come to register with us. Um, thinking it through if there's a cohort of students who have an undiagnosed learning disability, it would really be uh, a matter of that student seeking out support from our learning and academic skills unit and that they may then pick up and say, oh, you know, I think there might be something else going on here. Um, Or possibly an academic could provide some feedback uh, through an assessment piece, um, but they'd be, I uh, suspect, unlikely to do that in an assessment
0: piece. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't... I wish um, someone had picked that up in one of my assessment pieces. Mm, <laughs> it mm. might have saved me a lot of grief later on. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I think the tricky thing is people don't like to suggest that someone has some kind of disability. It's a, it, um, it's a very fraught space
0: because mm. some people
1: will be very offended if you make that suggestion. So you've got to handle that very, very um, discreetly and very carefully.
0: Yes, and, and, and I think... From my understanding now at uni is that if you um, you fail a couple of times or you're doing that, then you will be pulled up as such to sit down to talk about what's going on and is it that you're having trouble with the content or there's something else going on in your yeah. life that's impacting?
1: Yeah. Um, so students uh, go to um, a thing called show cause if there are repeat fails in their units. Um, They'll be asked to show cause as to why they should continue their studies. And that's a bit of a a conversation with people around what's going on, uh, what factors are affecting a student's performance and participation. And that's possibly a place where it could be suggested. um, Maybe we need to do a bit more digging to find out if something else is going on. And students will often be referred to the counselling service in, in uh, the show cause circumstance or to accessibility services for registration.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Tricky thing is then um, if a student is newly diagnosed getting uh, or suspects that they have uh, dyslexia, getting an actual form, formal diagnosis is a fairly expensive thing.
0: Mm. It is. I was lucky that I actually, so I went through La Trobe and I could be, I was assessed through their um, student Mm -hmm. psychology. So they had the clinical psychologist there. And so it was at a reduced cost, but it is very expensive um, Mm. for people to have a diagnosis, which is part of the issue, I think, um, around children and young people getting assessed and then getting the supports they need.
1: Yeah, look, I, I think that's a very real issue because it's expensive. It can be anywhere upwards of $1,000 or so to to have a full assessment and a comprehensive report uh, completed for for someone. Uh, and different places do it at different costs, but mm-hmm. um, generally it's pretty expensive because you're looking at uh, a number of hours of time from an educational psychologist or a neuropsych or someone who's qualified to really assess what's going on and make a diagnosis with recommendations.
0: And um, it it is really expensive and it puts people off then going and trying to find out. And the strategies, I think, is such an important aspect of it because you can be told, well, here's your diagnosis, but what does that actually mean and how then do I go and get those supports that I need? So do you think mm-hmm. that uni's got enough supports in place? Look, there's a lot of
1: things that we put in place, and again, it really depends on what the student needs. So, for instance, we can, we can put an adjustment in place whereby a student could use a computer in an exam rather than uh, using um, a paper-based exam uh, or potentially be able to have access using the computer to spell check so that that can enhance. Uh, sometimes we put on the plan that the student has dyslexia um, uh, please um, take this into consideration when marking essays and so on Um, we can sometimes have material converted into an alternative format so i know that some people with dyslexia prefer to actually listen to learning material Mm. so um uh, with the, uh, the marvels of modern technology, you know, if we get a document that's in uh, a Word format, for instance, we can use um, a screen reading technology that can read it to the student. Yeah. So we've got Read&Write Gold installed on all of our computers. Um, it's available for students, so they can use that, and that is a, a simple screen reading technology software. So um, a lot of people find that very helpful.
0: Yes, yeah, so I was allowed to access that um, yeah. when I went back. And now actually Word has it. So I use that at work. Mm, and mm. It's, nobody needs to know. And yep. then I just and put my headphones in and it reads back and I can pick up the mistakes.
1: Yep. And that's common. I mean, it's technology now is built into so many computers as standard now, particularly Apple products have amazing accessibility features. Um, print to... Uh, sorry, text to speech features. There are a lot of free services available, a lot of free software uh, that can be accessed. So it's certainly much easier. Gone are the days, I think, where uh, somebody had to get someone else to sit down and read the book to them or tape record it and and listen to it. Uh, You know, you can even get a pen now that you can scan a word and it will um, read it to you.
0: I've seen those. I haven't tried one as yet. Mm. But um, they do, I actually have them on the website as an assistive technology that people could use. But I haven't given it a test run myself.
1: Yeah. We have a lot of students use smart pens. I love them. Yeah. And that means that they can make a note of key words and phrases in a lecture and the, the smart pen records it. They just click on that word and, and it will replay what was said at that time. It's like and magic.
0: That is because I've yeah. got someone that really wants to go back and do their masters that they said, "I just I've been told by my family that I can't do it because they don't have the time to support me anymore." Yep. And so well, they don't need
1: that.: No. They can, do it. They, can, they can access technology that will do much of it. And by And:
0: do, do you offer tutors as well for people that, if they've got to write big essays, that someone can help to edit their work or review it for them?
1: Um, we we don't uh, well it depends Uh, for our online students they have access um, for instance through Swinburne online they have access to a service that will read their essays and make comments on drafts Um, on campus we can have our language and academic skills people do something like that Mm -hmm. we don't offer Uh, tutoring um, on a formal basis as such, but students can certainly access that, but uh, it's a self-funded situation there with tutoring.
0: Okay. So um, what are some of the key take-home messages that you would like our listeners um, that are out there that are thinking of going to uni or TAFE but they're too afraid because they've had a bad experience at school?
1: Mm. You know what, I think that's so common, Shay, that people have had a bad experience and they come um, to university and usually there's a parent in the background and they're all ready to have a fight with us. Right. Um, uh, This has been my experience. I've been in this role six and a half years now that people will come and they'll be ready to go into bat because that's what they've always had to do Mm. to get any level of service Mm -hmm. from anywhere in the education system. And what I say to people is you don't need to fight with a university we will put in place whatever we can that will assist you uh, that's reasonable. So there are some things where we say no, for instance we don't provide personal care to students, that they would have to fund that themselves. Um, But in terms of access to their education, we'll put in place whatever's necessary.
0: And it's really hard, isn't it? Because you go through school and you don't have, especially with learning difficulties. I mean, it's just now, you know, with the state government providing some funding, we're getting more um, support within the school space. But mm, mm. Um, even if you do get that, then you go to, out into the workplace, you don't get anything. Um, if you don't, if you're too scared to go to university, then you're blocked out of yep. a whole um, area of study and improved life outcomes. Yep. So um, you can see why parents and and the person themselves come with fear and that I've got to go into fight because that's all I've ever done.
1: Yeah, look, I absolutely get it. I understand completely why people come in ready to, um, to face blockages. And then I can see people melt when I actually just say, you know what, we'll, just, we'll do whatever we can to support and assist. So what is it that you need? And then we look at it and we negotiate with them and we put it in place. So, our only provisos are that we can't compromise the academic integrity of the program. Mm-hmm. So, um, sometimes people want us to give them special consideration and be lenient in their marking. We don't do that. Um, we might, you know, we don't necessarily have to mark for spelling, Yeah. Um, but we can't just mark someone higher. Because they have a disability, mm-hmm. so they're expected to comply uh, and meet the same academic standards as every other student. Um, and and i I really believe in that because who wants a degree that's been given to you?
0: No, that's right.
1: You, it's about earning your your qualification and standing there on on graduation day with absolute pride.
0: And you don't want to end up in the workplace and you can't do the job. And you've yeah. spent a lot of money on a degree, <laughs> and if, yeah. you know, and I
1: mean, and if you, yeah, if you've got through it because people have been un, uh, incredibly kind to you, and it's always comes from a great place. People want to help and support, but we believe in setting students up for success in the long term. Yeah, um, and to set someone up to get them through their program, but they don't actually know the work, just sets them up for long-term failure because they get into the workplace and they can't do it.
0: No, Um, or they're
1: not well prepared. Yeah, And
0: um, and you are, that's, I think, part, you get all the support at uni and then you go into the workplace and there really is nothing. And so if you've got uh, a learning difficulty where people can't see it, um, then the whole issue around, well, do I actually tell people? Because at uni I could talk about it, but now in the workplace Mm. and there is no protection, I can be discriminated against. You know, we don't have the laws in place yet around that so it's it's hard because you can't get that support so you've got to hide what you were able to freely talk about and get support for at uni is Mm. what has been my experience anyway.
1: Yeah that's a shame because I'd like to think and maybe I live in a protected environment in a university but I'd like to think that um employers are a bit more open minded now or maybe the um, appallingly bad um Graduate outcomes in Australia don't testify to that, but um, in terms of our standing in the OECD, um, for our employment outcomes for people with disabilities, but um, I'd like to hope that there are ways that you can have that conversation with an employer, because there's technological solutions for most things uh, that mean what once may have been a problem isn't a problem. Mm. Uh, If if I'm blind, I can put in JAWS screen reading software that will enable me to interact with the computer and my phone and everything else. Uh, uh, If I'm deaf, there's text-to-speech options that are available. Speech-to-text, lots of different options that are available. There's closed captioning, live captioning that can be put in place. If I'm dyslexic, I can have screen readers that will read the material to me. Uh, I can have spell check that makes sure that what I'm writing is um, what needs to be written. Um, there are lots of there are lots of possibilities out there for people. so my my encouragement would be give it a go.
0: yeah,
1: don't let don't let previous failures or previous difficult experiences get in the way of future possibilities.
0: And I think that's one um, of the real strengths of people that have disabilities and difficulties is that we're generally pretty resilient and we will keep getting up and we will keep giving it a go even though sometimes it can seem overwhelming and too hard and I know I've had some jobs that have been absolutely amazing and other jobs where unfortunately it has been a real hard slog um, which is one of the reasons why I've set up Dear Dyslexic Mm. really is to start that advocacy and raising an awareness around it all.
1: I think it's fantastic, Shay, it's really fantastic And, and I agree that people living with disability do develop an extraordinary degree of resilience.
0: Top three strategies for those that are thinking about going to uni or that are at uni around how to manage day-to-day or any tips?
1: I think the first thing is to be as computer literate as you can be uh, and to be adventurous with technology. Yes,
0: Um, especially I think at my age, you've ingrained certain habits. Yes. (laughs) And so...
1: yeah, and be flexible because I know you know it, it takes it takes time to learn technology, and then we get used to a particular way of doing something. And uh, I, I sometimes find that people are reluctant to play with new technology or different to what they're used to. But there's an incredible freedom in in being flexible with technology and being willing to play with it, and and yeah, maybe it's going to be difficult, but if you persist, it opens up incredible freedom. So That would be my first bit of advice. Get as computer literate as you can and as savvy with new technologies as you can and flexible. I think the second thing for success at university is about being Mm. Um, well-organised. All of our students are juggling half a dozen plates spinning in the air at any one time. We've got um, the university commitments, we've got work commitments, we've got family commitments, relationship commitments, and uh, basic life. So they're all spinning at the same time, and um, it's really important to be well-organised and to, to develop some strategies for effective time management, like you know, just writing at a timetable of when you do what you don't have to stick to it but it gives you a sense of how much time you've actually got in a week um to devote to the various things you've got to do
0: and i think that leads in really well when you go into the workplace no matter how many staff i have it's always around organization and strategies to put in place to make sure you can because there are a lot of deadlines and there is a lot of stuff you need to do and so having those organizational skills at a uni level that can carry you through i think is a really useful strategy Yeah,
1: yeah absolutely um and particularly as you move into the workplace, the ability to prioritise things becomes incredibly important. Mm. Um, yeah, and I think I had a third thing. And just I think being, coming to uni and be brave, to, to come in with some clear goals, uh, some sense of what you want to achieve while you're at uni, um, a willingness to receive help, is important. Yeah. It's not a place where you have to do it on your own. And I know a lot of people come to unis because it's a place outside of of everywhere else, and it's a place sometimes where where they don't have a disability or they're not known through that lens mm. at the expense of every other lens. So we like to put people. I'm a person first, and my disability second. Yeah. Um. But be willing within that. Be also willing to ask for help and and receive that help when the time comes.
0: And I think that's, Um, yeah, a great message around being brave. Yeah. I think that's a really nice take-home message. Are there any changes you'd like to see in the next five years in the TAFE university space, or do you think we're doing a good job now of supporting people?
1: Look, I think we're doing um, a reasonably good job. I'd like to see additional resources go into the area I'd like to... Um, ultimately, I'd love to see that all um, digital content, so all movies, videos, um, clips that are used for teaching and learning are captioned and have audio descriptors in them. Because mm-hmm. I think um, many, many people use captions, not just people who are hard of hearing or deaf, um, people who for whom English is not their first language. Um, people who have uh, a slight, um, slightly hard of hearing, uh, you know, I, I, I read captions. Lots of people read them, and that can be a big advantage. Audio descriptors can be great advantage if you're vision uh, low, low vision. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'd like to see some additional resources into um, accessible formatting of learning materials. Um, I think that would be the, my main thing on my wish list at the moment. Yeah. Um, and just that, uh, because from my perspective, accessible content is uh, accessible for everyone and better for everyone. So yeah. the, more, the more the universities can work towards making all of their content accessible, the better off all learners will be.
0: Well, on that note... I will say thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to tell our listeners before we sign off today?
1: Uh, Only just to say good luck and, and push, push, push. If you've got a dream, go for it. Don't let other people's expectations stand in your way and just give it a go.
0: Yeah, that's what we're all about at Dear Dyslexia, giving it a go so that we can yep. all accomplish, succeed and achieve whatever we want in this life, really, mm-hmm. that we shouldn't be held back. So thank you so much for coming on the show today, Anthony, to share your knowledge around supports for young people and adults who may be wanting to go to TAFE or union, didn't realise that they could access those supports, or who may be considering taking on some further study but are too scared. So thank you so much. I think people will be really surprised and happy to know what's available and that they're not alone when they enter higher education.
1: That's great. And if they, uh, if they have any questions, all people need to do is contact the disability service in their local university and uh, ask them and, um, for a bit of information and advice. And um, all the staff that work in the sector, in higher ed, in the universities and in TAFE, are absolutely committed to access and inclusion for all. And we'll be happy to answer any questions that anyone has.
0: That's great. Thank you so much.
1: You're most welcome, Shay.
0: To find out more about Anthony and his work, you can go to www.deardyslexic.com. And if you'd like to know more about what Swinburne offers, you can visit their site at www.swin.ed.au. I look forward to speaking to you all next time. Until then, bye for now.